Merry Christmas, church family. Kids, thanks so much for leading us in worship this morning, reading God's Word. It's good to hear God's Word read in those voices. I also just want to thank Yvonne Reed. She's up in the slide uh, booth up there. Yvonne uh, organized, every year she organizes all the Christmas decorations. Would you just give Yvonne a round of applause? All right, and that does not come out of my five minutes. <laughs> so let's pray, and then let's turn to the Lord's Word in Galatians 4, 4, and 5. Father, what a special privilege every six or seven years to worship the King on Christmas. We pray that you would strengthen us according to your Word this morning you would bless us as we worship together, as we hear your word read, as we hear your word preached. Spirit, would you strengthen? Would you bring comfort? Would you bring joy? We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. We need help. We need help. Sin's presence corrupts us. Sin's power overwhelms us. And sin's penalty threatens us. That's our situation. We need help. And the God of the Bible doesn't wait for us to climb up to Him to help ourselves. He doesn't wait for us to clean ourselves up and to take care of our own sin problem. Instead, the God of the Bible, the God we worship, comes for us. He comes to rescue us. He comes searching. He comes to save. And our rescue is performed by the eternal Son of God who assumes human form in the miracle that we celebrate today. This miracle was planned by the Father, it was empowered by the Spirit, and it is performed by the Son. And it happened at the perfect time. Redemptive history, that is the history of God's redemptive work to save humanity, it bounced along and climbed towards this stunning climactic point, the fullness of time. And our response should be to treasure Jesus, the Son of God. We have no greater need and we have no greater hope. The call this morning is very simple. Receive that gift, embrace that gift, and treasure that gift. Two quick things this morning in Galatians 4 and 5. The first is that we see in Galatians 4 that Jesus is born at the perfect time. Look at Galatians 4 verse 4 that Elizabeth read for us. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. A woman carries a baby in her womb for nine months. And during that time, there's much waiting and anticipation as that baby grows. But then when the fullness of time comes, suddenly that baby is delivered and all the anticipation is realized at the fullness of time. From the beginning, God has planned for the Son of God to assume flesh, to take on human flesh. Remember that garden moment in Genesis 3.15 where God comes and says to the serpent, to the devil, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. 
From the very beginning, God whispers to us that a Redeemer is coming. One would crush the head of this enemy, crush the head of sin and Satan and death forever. There were promises of God that we needed to wait for. And it was from that very early moment that we began to wait for this deliverer, this one who would crush the head of Satan. There were promises of God, promises of redemption and reconciliation, promises that would extend to all nations. There were deliverers like Moses. There were kings like David. There were sacrifices like bulls and goats. There were barren wombs like Sarah's and Rebecca's and Rachel's and Hannah's and Elizabeth's that suddenly bore life. But none of these offered the deliverance from the enemy we so desperately needed. They hinted for us. They foreshadowed for us. And then, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman. And we read here that the Son of God would be born of a woman. The eternal Son of God would be born. And His birth would be like every other baby who's ever been born. The birth itself was ordinary, which reinforces and authenticates the point that this Son of God became human. He assumed human form. He was a man. See, what is miraculous is not His birth. It's really the way in which He was conceived, His conception in the virgin womb of an Israelite woman. Here's Luke 1.35. The angel answered Mary, And said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. In order to be delivered from sin, we needed a man. We needed a substitute, one who was like us, a human of our own kind. He needed to be born under the law. He needed to represent us as our covenant head before the Father. He needed to live righteously under the law. And he needed to die sacrificially in our place, assuming the consequence of our law breaking. But to redeem us, we needed one that was not merely human. We needed one who was also God, which is the second point this morning. In Galatians 4 verse 5, Jesus was born at the perfect time in order to redeem and see us adopted. Look at verse 5. To redeem those who were under the law, that's us, so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. Remember God's redemption of His people from slavery in Egypt? Remember, he, He ushers them out of Egypt. He frees them from the land of Egypt. And that's a spiritual lesson for all of us. Through Jesus, we receive freedom from slavery to sin. We were in bondage to sin's presence and power and penalty, and we needed to be freed and to, and to be redeemed. And to redeem us, Jesus needed to fulfill the law for us, and He needed to suffer under the consequence of the law for us. Here's Matthew 5, verse 17. Jesus says, "'Don't think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them.'" And then in Galatians 3.13, where we read, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on the tree. Jesus is our covenant head. He represents us before the Father. He fulfills the law for us, 
and he suffers under the weight of God's wrath for us in our place. That's how we are redeemed. But we're not just redeemed from slavery. Galatians 4 or 5 tells us that we are also adopted into God's very family as his sons and daughters. Jesus' cross work and his grave work secure our adoption. He makes it possible for us to receive adoption as his children. That's the extent of what God has done. And Galatians 4 continues in verse 6 and says, And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. We've moved from slaves to ones who are free to sons and daughters who have an inheritance. What good news. God the Father planned it. The Holy Spirit of God empowered it. And Jesus, the Son of God, performed it. And then they invite us in. They invite us into that fellowship. They invite us into that family of relationships. They created us for joy. We rebelled in sin and we caused the groaning of all creation. And then they acted. Just as God initiated creation, God initiates redemption. They come down the mountain for our rescue. They're not waiting for us to clean ourselves up. They're not waiting for us to take care of our sin problem. They come down for us. And that's what we're celebrating this morning. So treasure Jesus, born at the perfect time, the fullness of time for our redemption and our adoption. We treasure many things. In fact, today we'll treasure many things. Relationships, gifts, food, we'll treasure these things. But there is something far greater that Jesus has secured for us, and that is to have our sins removed through faith in his sacrifice. We've been redeemed. We've been adopted. Treasure this gift. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are grateful that you took on flesh that you maintained your divinity, but you took on flesh so that you might become the sacrifice for us that we desperately needed. And today we treasure what you've done. We treasure what you're doing and we treasure what you will do in the future. We pray these things in your name. Amen.